So I'm just going to offer some little bit of guidance, direction in ways of contemplating our experience and not saying that this is something that you will have to do on a regular basis as part of your practice, but there may be elements of it that you find helpful. Uh, just to use in your in your daily life even. So it's more to give a, a kind of an overview of ways of contemplating these five khandhas and contemplating the um, characteristics of the conditioned world, anicca, change, dukkha, unsatisfactory, anatta, not self. So we've already spoken a little bit about the body and the way of contemplating that can be useful is just coming to the breath as we have been doing. And just contemplating this natural process, the movement of the rib cage, the air, creating a vacuum, the air flowing into the lungs. And then different air flowing out again, the exchange of um, substances through, through the lungs into the blood vessels, of taking in what's nourishing, releasing what is uh, the waste products, and then breathing these out. This continual exchange of of air, of elements, as we breathe. While the air is within the form, within the body, we see it as part of the body. As we breathe in, fill the lungs, this is part of the body. And then a moment later, it's breathed out, and it's no longer part of the body out into the atmosphere. And then we breathe in some more air from the surrounding atmosphere. Becomes part of the body, then we breathe it out again. This very direct and immediate sense of interconnection with what's around us. We can have similar contemplation around food and drink, taking these substances into the body, to nourish the body, to become part of the body. Processes of digestion, processes of getting rid of the waste. Contemplating where the food comes from, contemplating what happens to it, (coughs) becomes part of our body, nourishes the body, and the waste is got rid of. (coughs) Coming to an appreciation of the connection the interconnection with everything that's around us. 
the body part of a dynamic flow of conditions of elements. The question that is sometimes asked is, where am I? Am I in my body? Which part of my body? The heart? The head? Where am I? When we contemplate in this way, we see that there's no um, fixed, solid me in any of it. Just a flow of changing conditions. <coughs> Contemplating feeling, Vedana. Noticing within the body itself pleasant feeling or unpleasant feeling or neither pleasant nor unpleasant just depending on which part of the body we bring awareness to, which part of the body we're conscious of. There may be pleasant feeling, or there may be pain. When the lungs are um, irritated and we cough, that's unpleasant feeling. When there's pain in the knee, that's unpleasant feeling. The sensation of breathing can be very pleasant. The experience of the clothes touching the skin, usually fairly neutral, we don't notice. (coughs) Unless our clothes are too tight or uncomfortable in some way or... uh, a very particularly pleasant uh, item of clothing, silk or soft wool or something, cotton that we might like the feel of, but normally doesn't really impinge very much. Learning how to contemplate our, our mood, noticing how some moods are very very pleasant, some much less so. We want to get rid of them, to change them. Yet when we contemplate unpleasant feeling and contemplate the fact that it's impermanent, that we don't need to identify with it, little by little we develop the capacity to observe to notice how it changes, to take an interest in feeling Vedana. Contemplating perception, which is reliant on memory and reliant on a different sense basis, receiving impressions or recognizing thoughts as they arise in the mind. So we have eyes, 
organs of perception through of sight, their ears, through which we hear, very complicated instrument, very refined, sensitive instrument that can pick up sound by vibrations. <clears throat> organs of of taste, smell, and tongue, which tastes the nose, which has the organs of smell, and all the different um, receivers, receptors within the body itself that pick up bodily sensations. We call these the sense bases, the internal sense bases. And they receive impressions from, us, from our surroundings. These impressions <clears throat> are interpreted as recognition. Sometimes it's without any thought at all. If you smell a bonfire, for example, or, or toast, like the morning breakfast time is toast, you smell the toast, you don't have to think, oh, that's toast. You just know, toast. And if you're from another country, you'll call it something else. There'll be another word for it to describe the um, experience, the perception. Based on our experience, we know what it is because we've experienced it before. Sometimes we build up perceptions of different people, um, either <clears throat> people that we've met before or certain type of people, you know, big people or small people or people with a particular color of hair or eyes or skin. Uh, we form a perception. And interestingly, these perceptions may have absolutely nothing to do with the person in front of us. It's just they have a particular style of bearing or color of skin or clothing that reminds us of some experience we had long ago. If it was a pleasant experience, then we're immediately attracted to the person. We like the person. We want to be with them. If it was an unpleasant or frightening experience, we have a very different response. Maybe we become very defensive or aggressive or just want to hide away. So perception is a very important thing to contemplate and to recognize that it's not always uh, the information that we have, it's not always in accordance with reality. We may misperceive things. So it can be very, very useful, and it needs to be challenged, questioned. Perceptions change. 
according to our experiences, that changes. According to our way of contemplating. So we may have a very fixed view of somebody or some situation. Maybe some word just brings up a very strong reaction in us. And yet if we contemplate it and look at what's really happening, see it's just a sound. It's just the sound of someone's voice. It's just a, a person, a form. And we can change the perception. Our emotional responses, our ideas, our plans, our values, these all come into the category of sankhara, mental formations. Our interests, our qualities, our skills. Some of these may be wholesome, positive, helpful. Some of them may be extremely unhelpful. So we need to understand these things. using the teachings, which in themselves are also mental formations, they're very skillful mental formations, and we can use them to bring a great um, clarity and understanding. And they can be also used in less skillful ways. And they too are constantly changing, shifting, And while we might identify with them very strongly, the encouragement is to keep challenging that identification. Is this really the case? Or is it just a convention? In my heart of hearts, am I really a Theravada Buddhist nun? Certainly superficially, conventionally speaking, that's what I am. That's the label, it's completely appropriate for this being sitting here. And yet ultimately, is that really what I am? So one exercise we can do is to just contemplate all the labels that we attach to ourselves, which have a a relevance in certain situations, which have a validity in certain situations, and yet ultimately... When we sit quietly like this, is this really what I am? Is this really the most important thing about me? In certain contexts, yes. And yet when we're sitting quietly, they begin to seem less and less relevant. So contemplating sankharas, mental formations, and the tendency of the mind to create things, to create concepts, ideas about our experience, to make something of it. Just contemplating that. Like everything, it has a usefulness, and it can also be very... um, Less, less helpful. 
and can also be extremely harmful when our perceptions, our ideas are distorted. So contemplating Sankara's mental formations, how they change, how in themselves they don't satisfy, and how ultimately there's no self there. They're not self. They're not who and what we are, essentially. We cling to them, looking for an identity, and yet when we really look at them deeply, there's no identity there. It's just a creation. Creation of the mind. Contemplating sense consciousness. Our capacity to see visual objects. Our capacity to hear sound. To taste. To smell. To experience bodily sensations. To recognize thoughts in the mind as they arise. Moods, mental objects, and to recognize the capacity that we have to shift our attention from sight to sound, to smell, to taste, to touch, to the mind. The movement of sense consciousness arising in relation to the different sense bases. This can move and change very, very rapidly indeed. And again, this is not who and what we really are. So these different phenomena, these different aspects of what we conventionally speak of as me, form, feeling, perception, mental formations, sense consciousness. The Buddha encourages us to keep reflecting on these things as they change, that they're not satisfactory, they're not who and what we really are. There's no self in any of it. Ajahn Chah used to say that the most important thing in practice is to keep letting go. Letting go of all the ideas, the views, the opinions that we constantly create about ourselves and about each other. To recognize them, but to disengage, not cling on to them too tightly to not identify with them, picking them up when they're useful, when they're appropriate, putting them down when they're not, learning how to recognize the difference. So sometimes hearing a lot of instruction like this, we can it can be clarifying in one way, it can also be Confusing, we think, oh goodness me, what should I focus on? What should I be doing? How can I practice with all this? And what I would suggest is that you keep the breath there as a focus, as a place, as an anchor to return to the breath, the body. Whether we're sitting with the breath, the posture, whether we're out on the walking path with the movement of the body, the feet touching the ground, 
using this as an anchor, and yet allowing the mind to wander a little bit more freely, contemplating these different aspects of our experience in terms of the three characteristics, anicca, dukkha, anatta, in terms of these five focuses of identity, form, feeling, perception, mental formations, sense consciousness. Having pointed to all of these different things that we can observe, the encouragement is to take up the place of the quiet watcher. You could, could call it the like the Buddha mind, the Buddha awareness, that which watches, which knows, which sees clearly things as they are. The arising and ceasing of conditions. We can watch, we can know, we can see clearly. This is how it is right now. 